This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. We are back. This is episode 213 of the Dark Windows podcast. I am Kevin. And I am the Kevin as well. And as you can tell, I sound like dog shit because I'm getting over a head cold, which has fucking sucked. And I think there's a possibility I could be getting one or it's just because of where I was working today and I might have a little post-nasal drip going on. Get some fucking emergency and uh, I t- I some nasal some... spray and Vicks. He'll I knock t- that shit right out. I took some fucking two shots of NyQuil or DayQuil this morning, this I, afternoon. I can't do DayQuil or NyQuil. NyQuil, like, I wake up, like, fucking hungover on NyQuil. Well, if I, it's t- crazy. If, if I drink NyQuil too late, then I am. I could, I could take NyQuil right now at quarter after six, be out by seven o'clock, and wake up at fucking 8.30 tomorrow morning. Like, I had just drank, like, a bottle of fucking whiskey oh, by myself. Oh, I'm not that It bad. messes me up so bad. Yeah, no, mine just, if I take it too late, it's almost like I have a little bit of a buzz. All right, so what do you got? You uh, you ended up with a, so, yeah. a paranormal, right, yeah. this week? Yeah, so for this this week's episode, the dice roll that I got was paranormal, as Kevin just said. Now, while looking for something paranormal, I happened across a gentleman by the name of Andor Fodor. Um, he was not That's born. That's not a real fucking name. It actually it is. What planet in Star Wars is he from? Yeah, actually he, I will tell you, it's not from. Yeah, it's like chickens making noise. Uh, <clears throat> he was not born with the name last name of Fodor. Okay. Uh, he was actually born Andor Freelander. Hmm. Okay. Okay. He was born in. God damn it! I've looked at this fucking name and I've actually heard it pronounced. Several goddamn times on the book I was listening to. And I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. Let's hear it. He was born in 
uh, Bergaza. Bergazas? It's in uh, Hungary. Well, I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, on May and uh, on May thirteenth. Okay, we start again. He was born in a Dracula movie. Yeah, he was born so. in a Dracula movie. Yeah, no, he was born. This is before that, actually. Hell. Um, before the movie, maybe. Not before uh, the stories, though. When was when did uh, what's his name, write? Bram Stoker. Red and Bram Stoker write it. Oh, I don't remember. Like eighteen thirty ish or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, I'm probably you're probably gonna look it up. But anyway, oh, he was I am. he was born in uh, Bergazas, Hungary, on May thirteenth, eighteen ninety five. Uh, he was the sixteenth of eighteen children. Yeah, it's yeah, makes sense. Wow. You know, sixteen of eighteen kids. Yeah. Um, he would become the baby of the family when both of his younger brothers would actually die while you know that during that baby phase of like less than one so it was published in 1897 okay so he so you know he was two years old when it was but there'd been vampire stories there for fucking oh of course hundreds of years previous yeah of course so now before i go further into this you're probably wondering if this has is anything to do with paranormal and why am I talking about this guy? Yep, kind of am. Well, my reason for choosing him was because he was one of the foremost intellectuals on the paranormal for his time. He was both a parapsychologist. Um, oh, he was a parapsychologist, uh, psychoanalyst, author, and journalist. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and also he was born at a right prime time for um, the whole uh, spiritualism. Right. Because spiritualism was really fucking kicking off. Yeah. Um, all over the place. Getting real uh, big at this point, though. Yeah. Uh, he would have his first par- paranormal event on the day of his grandfather's funeral. Uh, That's convenient. Yeah, he was actually um, uh, up on a tree, and he was thinking about how his when his grandfather's will was to be read. I guess didn't really say that it was. Didn't really hear that it was his will. Didn't really. I can't say say, but he. I heard um, through listening to this book that um, <coughs> they he was going to get an item from his grandfather. And I okay. would assume that it was because it was after his will, his grandfather's will was read. Right. Um, and it was a, uh, this kind of like cloth or whatever that he used to keep flies off of him. And what he was actually going to do <laughs> was his grandfather, a fucking horse. <laughs> no, no, no. Just be, it, well, considering this my is, fly mask and my spray when I pass. Well, no. Cause I mean, I guess keep off the heat and also, also the flies and mosquitoes. So it's a shawl. Whatever. They didn't call it a shawl. They didn't no, call it shawls that. are for ladies. Um. Well, anyway, the he cape. was what he was going to use it for wasn't for any of that. He was actually going to use it to catch butterflies because he was he was a kid and well he liked catching butterflies, and he also had <laughs> no this I didn't put this actually in what uh, what I'm about this whole thing. But I have to stop and actually talk about it because it <laughs> it actually descri- I was talking about it in the book, and uh, 
I thought it was fucking hilarious, and I started laughing about it. So <laughs> it goes to my, on to mention that his two, he had two best friends at this time. One of his friends actually had a kind of I think he had like spinal stenosis or something like that, where he had a little bit of a hunched back. And his other friend, oh god, he had a fucking Igor. Yeah, and his other friend was kind of like one of those friends where uh, they've seen a little too much at being a young kid. And so he would talk about big, big penises and uh, big vaginas. Kid knows what he likes, man. Yeah, I mean, he would talk about, you know, all that stuff and like, you know, big vaginas and big boobs and, you know, that's what he talked about. Not at least is probably like eight or nine years old. Right. You know, that's not what most kids usually talk about, but this is what well, this Well, not kid... when this one's fucking trying to catch butterflies with his grandfather's fucking theater cape, you know? Some it's not a little... cape. I, I'm, you know what? You didn't give me a good classification for it, so I'm calling it a theater cape. I said bug net. You, no, you said he's going to use it as a bug net. You said no, a... I said it, it was kind of like, uh, like the cat would keep out, uh, like flies and stuff like that. That's what I said. Yeah, but you said it was a piece of cloth. Yeah. Yeah, so then, I, yeah. Yeah. That You didn't say a net. I didn't say it was a net. He, I said he was going to use it as That's a butterfly net. That's what I said. Net. I said he's going to use his grandfather's cape as a butterfly net. But it's not a cape. It is now. Well, it's not. Anyway, so that's that. Back to his grandfather's funeral. So I'm glad he's fucking dead. <laughs> he, he's, think, he's up there thinking about this, okay? About getting this piece of... Uh, material from his grandfather when his grandfather's coffin is opened up for the final blessing and andor would actually at this point hear his grandfather speak and this scared the shit out of him yeah i mean he's dead he's not supposed to yeah um he didn't know what his grandfather had said because it was actually in hebrew and he didn't speak hebrew okay um to me, it wouldn't matter what language came from my grandfather. No. Uh, I mean, if I heard his voice, I'd probably get the sh- shit scared out of me as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking dead man talking to you, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean my grandfather died at one of my grandfathers, the only one I remember, died at when I was 19, and still would have scared the crap out of me. Because he's dead. Yeah. Dead people aren't supposed to talk to you. No. It doesn't matter how old you are. Nope. Now, time passes, and Fodor, you know, being older, uh, he actually would miss uh, being drafted into the army of uh, for World War One. Lucky. Uh, which was good for him, since he was actually studying to be a lawyer at the time in Budapest. Uh, he would have would have to go through. Uh, I'm sorry, not go through. Well, he would have to go through it, but he also had to endure it. Yeah. Um, the Red Terror. You know, communism, such like yeah. that. Um, and also the White Terror, which I didn't know anything about. I didn't know what what the White Terror was. That's when the Klan came to fucking Hungary. And they're like, oh, there's so many white people here. We can't do this shit. Uh, not quite. Sort of. Not really. Really? Oh, man, that was just a lucky guess on my part then. Not really, but close. Um, it was A bunch actually... of fucking guys from, like, Mississippi with nope. hoods and shit. <laughs> nope. It's actually an uh, ultra-nationalist. Uh, was ultra-nationalist backlash um, where Jews and communists were actually imprisoned and then they were actually killed. Yeah, okay. Um, so, 
Well, you don't have to kill the Jews, uh, so like you know. Well, they killed. But they the were Jews. about to have a real bad time. So, uh, by now, by that point, he was working for a newspaper, and then in 1921, he would uh, actually decided that he wanted to try his luck in America, and by this time, his family had already um, taken up the new surname of Fodor to hide the Freelander name because, well, at that time. It wasn't good to be a Jew. No, no. Um, like anywhere. So, Like he, I said, the Jews are about to have a real bad time. Yeah. So he would go to New York City, and he would take a job writing for a Hungarian-American press uh, paper. I mean, if he's going to be a writer, he should have just changed it to freelancer. That would have made way more fucking sense, and he would have got like... Well... He would have got some work that way. Like, holy shit, this guy's last name is freelancer, and he's a writer? Well, he didn't change wow, it. His what father, the fuck? He didn't change it. His father did his father fucked him up. So, anyway, he would go on to write for this uh, Hungarian-American press um, to talk about the Hungarian issues happening in America yep. um, and, and elsewhere. Because there actually, by this point, there had been actually a lot of people uh, that had come over here from Hungary be- due to uh, you know being oppressed and all that stuff. So... There was a big push, and yeah. this is actually when New York City was, uh, as Upton Sinclair referred to it, at this point, it was uh, the jungle. Yeah, where you're allowed to eat fucking rat meat and shit. Yeah. You know, um, bugs in your food. He, I mean, but there was also, like, people were crammed in, in every possible place. So you mean New York City, like, now still? Not quite as, not, it was actually worse then. Yeah. <sighs> A lot worse. I don't think you could pay me to live there, regardless. Because, um, I mean, I've seen pictures of, of 1920s New York, and it was like people were stacked upon people. Like, I mean, little shanty towns. I mean, hell, I think even uh, Central Park was a shanty town, I think. But, like we discussed on our Patreon episode, patreon.com forward slash dark windows. Oh, good plug. Um, we talked about a guy that I saw on Facebook. That pays like a thousand dollars a month for a fucking ninety-five square foot apartment. So yeah. So again, couldn't pay me to live there. <laughs> Fuck that! All of that noise. So he, at this point, he decides that he, you know, would take up reading. He liked to read anyway, but he would take it up even more by this point, and it was mostly just to improve his English, right? So that he could, you know, speak it better. Um, he also. I mean, if you're um, going to live here and try to make a career out of writing, understanding language makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, he, so he took up reading, but he didn't only just you know read to read. He actually read books that were um, uh, like fantastical tales of the supernatural. So he like kind of dove right into that. He found that he liked that a lot. Yeah. Uh, now, he would actually be hooked on it because he loved it, and he would spend uh, his money on buying more and more books on spiritualism and uh, cyclical research. Uh, this is when his he befriends an uh, investigator of uh, psychic phenomena, and I'm sorry, he, let me start that again. This is when, this is when he befriends an investigator of the psychic phenomena. An author named uh, Hereward uh, Carrington. Hereward? 
Yes. Okay, that's a unique one. Now I'm actually gonna talk about him uh, at tor- at the end of the episode because I didn't know anything about him. I don't think anybody does. Well, I'm just gonna say this for you. He has uh, Carrington actually has a link back to Vermont. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, so he would. Uh, now, Carrington would actually set him up with interviews with others that were interested, um, that interested Fodor. And those people that he set him up with, some of the names were like those of uh, the likes of Harry Houdini. Yep. Uh, and psychoanalyst Sandor Ferenzis. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he would also be set up with the legendary author, Sir Conan Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle? Yes. Yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. Uh, now, from what I heard in the book that I was listening to, and I didn't know this, uh, was that Houdini and uh, Conan Doyle were actually friends. Yeah. But they actually had a um, falling out. Because it was all because of spiritualism. Yeah. Because Houdini was like a fucking huge skeptic. He was a skeptic and liked to disprove things. And uh, Sir Conan Doyle was, you know, open minded. Open minded, liked to experiment in the spiritual world realm and liked to push people into it. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess Fodor, uh, at some point, like later on, like 1936 or so, I believe it was, before he, uh, before he died, before uh, Conan Doyle dies. Yep. Um, he actually uh, <laughs> asks him. He goes. Uh, he says, "Are you gonna write uh, more Sherlock Holmes books when you're dead?" Yeah. Why not? And and uh, Conan Doyle's like response was basically. No, why would I? You can't do that. You know, no one wants that. No one wants to hear about, you know, stuff like that when you're dead. Okay. <laughs> you know, on the other side. <laughs> they don't want you to, to talk about it. I'm oh, like, I thought he was just going to be like that super douche of like, well, I guess you're not very spiritual then. No, uh, no. I thought he was going to be that guy, but no, I'm like, what a cunt. He wasn't but, that guy. Yeah. Uh no, in 1924, Fodor's father would actually die in Hungary. And three years later, while attending a seance in Manhattan, I'm sorry, in a Manhattan seance room, uh, in Manhattan, obviously. I, I, yeah, I would hope so. Uh, he would call out in Hungarian to his father, and he would actually hear his father call out to him and say the words, uh, well, he would say in Hungarian, but it, the words he said were sweet son. Uh, I was which, hoping he was going to give him the goulash recipe. Um, this would delight him and make him spend the rest of that night joyful because he actually got to hear his father's voice one more time. Right. Uh, because his father had said to him uh, before he left for New York City, I fear I'll never ever see you again and I'll die. Yeah. So... Well, it was kind of that's I guess that's kind of what made him made his night and made him happy. Um, 
he would then get a job that uh, would actually having him have him move from New York City to London um, because he was actually working for a um, kind of a, a newspaper tycoon guy was fucking you know loaded and he 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 told him hey As newspaper know. tycoons generally are he's like hey you know come on over work for me and you know you can talk about the the super nationalist movement or whatever it was you know hungarian nationalist movement um hungarian super and, but then movement. but then you can also have your time to you know go from there and talk about you know your other stuff too right um so he moves over and actually he's married at this point and has a daughter and is <laughs> the weird thing is is his daughter actually ends up adoring the hell out of him and why is that weird because well this is why um kind of left it at a weird spot but what's weird is by this is because he gets married he his wife that he really he ends up marrying who basically said to him no, I won't come with you to marry you because I'm promised to someone else, which then that falls out. She comes over and says, hey, you know, my parents want me to marry you. You know, what, do you still want to marry me? Yeah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. They do do the thing. And she gets pregnant. She doesn't want to be pregnant. She doesn't want to have a kid. So she tries to do everything she can to abort this child. And she ends up having him, having her. Yeah, that's and, kind of what happens when you can't get an abortion. And you know? she turns out to be, you know, the um, – well, she tries to abort the fetus, like, I, before, you know. Yeah. But it turns out when she, all of her effort, basically, she waits too long to do whatever she does yep. to get – to do the abortion. She tries all this stuff, but it doesn't happen, and then, boom, pregnant. Daughter comes out, and it's just basically everywhere with them. Goes to – Everything that they go to, all these seances. Yeah. Uh, hell, they even said that they actually would go on later when she got older. They would actually go on um, ghost hunts. Yep. For like on a weekend, they would. So they would go away, and uh, you know, go to a house that was supposedly haunted, and they would spend the night in there. They'd set up a. Um, what the fuck was it? Uh, like flash photography. Sousaphones. Uh, they didn't. Wasn't sousaphones? No, sousaphones an instrument. But they would send up like flash photography, like they like pressured, uh, like flash photography stuff like that. Kind of like yeah, in the movie the The Conjuring Two. I haven't seen that one. Um, well, in The Conjuring Two, they have like uh, they have uh, photography that will like go off. So like if something like goes by it like trips it or something it's like that. Got a pressure plate kind of deal. Yeah, something like that. But this is like early stages of this, and it you know takes pictures and and his daughter was was totally into this. She's like, oh, I absolutely love the fact that she could not only spend time with her dad, but also with her mom and and do something that you know she liked to do. Even though her mom clearly didn't want her there, you know. No, her mom wanted her there. You know, I guess she finally, yeah, finally came around you know, to it. Was like, to all right, you know, fucking assassinate her in the womb. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back to he's in there in London now. Okay, and he would actually join uh, several organizations, and some of the organizations that he would join 
where organizations organizations like the Ghost Club and London Spiritual Alliance. Um, he would also befriend the Fairy Investigation Society. The what now? Fairy Investigation Society. Okay, so there's two ways that can turn out. Either it's like the Fey folk, or it's an old timey term for the gay folk. Either no. way, I'm fucking down. I think it's. The I fe- would I would go ghost hunting with a group of gay dudes in a fucking heartbeat. See how much fun that would be. It's mostly Fey. I know, fey. but still, my idea my idea would still be fun. I know. Oh my god, it'd be great. I know it would be. Um. So he would also contribute to. Um, this article or magazine called Spiritual Spiritualism Weekly. Okay, um, strange because they released it every three. Yeah, weeks. I guess they. It was. Uh, he also did something. I couldn't really figure it out because I guess it was how the. Um, it was written, the book, and how the auth, the person that was reading it, read it. So he, I think it said like he also contributed to something called light or light was the name of the um the magazine right i don't i don't really i couldn't really so i the only reason why i didn't put it in was because i couldn't really figure it out what he the guy was trying to say yeah so i was like oh man I'll, but i'll just bring it up you know so now at this point in time in england spiritualism was a very big deal due to the amount of deaths after the First World War, um, and also because of a quarter of a million deaths that came from the influenza, influenza outbreak that followed. Oh, yeah, like um, the fucking Spanish flu. Or are we not allowed to call it the Spanish flu because we're not allowed to call it where it came from? Or uh, when's, When was it? 1917, 1918. Well, this is after that. It was with, like, the Spanish flu, yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe. Well... I don't know. It was, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's what they were referring to. I don't know. They just said influenza outbreak. Yeah, that'd so, be the, I believe that'd be the Spanish flu because that would kill like fucking everybody and their brother. It could be, yeah. I won't disagree with that one. So thousands of spiritual circles would take place where mothers, wives, fathers, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, um, would attempt to commune with their loved ones. This is when he, uh, Fodor, became interested in not only spiritualism but also psychoanalysis. Uh, psychoanalysis. Later, Fodor was to integrate three professions, um, and they were uh, being a journalist, a psychoanalyst, and a cyclical researcher. Okay. D- did, you watch, uh, them all. did you watch? Did you watch Arrested Development? Uh, a little bit. Okay. So David uh, David Cross's character is an, an, an analysis and a therapist. So he decides to combine the two and become an analrapist. And uh, when you look at it, when it's written on his door, it says anal rapist. Uh, and he lost a bunch of clients because he's an anal rapist. And they didn't. It's a great fucking show. <laughs> Him as a fucking never nude where he's like, always has to have his fucking jean shorts on. And then he was trying to join the blue man group. And God, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, okay. Uh, so he was employed as a secretary, uh, by the British press magnate, Lord Rothmere in 1929. That guy has definitely owned other human beings. Uh, 
Uh, during this period in England, Fodor was able to compile his uh, monumental encyclopedia of psychic science. Fodor was also also became uh, assistant editor of the Light, um, the oldest British spiritualist journal. He was also appointed research officer of the International Institute for Cyclical Research, which still exists. Yes, I knew that. And undertook careful investigations into mediumistic uh, transfiguration, uh, apports, direct voice, uh, levitation, hauntings, uh, materialization, and poltergeist phenomenon. He actually, before I go further, he actually would uh, go into, um, um, well, at the becoming part of the um, International Institute for Cyclical Research, um, he, because this became his full-time job, was working for them. Right. Um, he actually got his own laboratory and all that stuff. Uh, now, when it says, it was talking about uh, materialization, um, what they were t- referring to is, so there was, uh, what that refers to is, like, when, um, say, a medium or someone like that, they would purport that they could, uh, uh, like, make things appear out of thin air. Right. Like, uh, supposedly this one guy, um, he was a Hungarian, no, was a Hungarian? Was he the Hungarian or he was... Somewhere like in that area. Anyway, he uh, was at the this uh, kind of like a seance or whatever with him and had people like check him all over, make sure, you know, he didn't have anything kind of up his sleeves or anything. He put on this suit, uh, had like the, end, the ends of it taped um, and a whole bunch of other stuff, okay? Now... And then they would turn the lights off. I don't know why they turned the lights off, but they did. For the spooky. And um, he actually would make, uh, like, bugs and flowers and stuff disappear, like, appear. He actually made a uh, beetle appear. And put in, uh, it was like a green, I think, beetle. That's what he said. And he he put it in Fodor's hand. No. And Fodor would actually feel it, um, like... Uh, hitting against his like his palm of his hand, and it would, it would like prick him a little bit, and he it brought him back to the feeling of when he was a kid. So, and he had like plenty of these different uh, interactions with huh. people who, you know, this one person said, claimed that, that you know would you think that she like bring up flowers and stuff like that, which turned out, um, turned out to be actually uh, a hoax. Somebody later on had actually turned, figured out how they were doing it. Right. Um, and, you know, it was a hoax. And then he turned out, like, he never, when he, he would figure out if someone was um, lying, he never, like, you know, went to the press and said, hey, this person's a liar. They, you know, everything they do is a lie. It's a complete and utter, utter lie. He should have been like, hey, fuck these clouds. No. Nah. Um, <coughs> Like this one guy that was uh, said he could levitate. It turned out that uh, <laughs> uh, Fodor found out that he couldn't levitate. Actually, that he was uh, <laughs> that he would actually like jump off the chair. Yeah, 
and you know and then he would uh, be up in the air because it would like she caught him like they had like a flash yeah of a, of a camera and it caught him doing it so um and that's and, why nobody believes paranormal shit because people faked it for so fucking long that yeah. it's just yeah you know now, uh, Fodor was one of the leading authorities on poltergeist, haunting, and paranormal phenomenon, usually associated with mediumship, like some of the stuff I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, Fodor uh, pioneered the theory that poltergeists are external manifestations of conflicts within subconscious the subconscious mind, rather than the uh, rather than autonomous entities within the minds of their own. Uh, okay. He proposed that poltergeist uh, disturbances are caused by human agents suffering from some form of emotional stress or tension and compared reports of poltergeist activity to hysterical conversation, uh, symptoms resulting from emotional tension of of the subject. Um, In 1938, Fodor investigated the Thornton Heath poltergeist case that involved... Uh, Mrs. Forbes. That one's ringing a bell for some reason. I can't figure out why. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually was... Uh, I'm going to actually cover that. Uh, I actually might end up covering it later on in another another episode, I think, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's uh, quite interesting. As, sir, for some reason, that one is... It, yeah. It's ringing a bell <clears throat> with me. Um. So... I think at this point we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll finish it up. Sounds good. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. Okay, so we're back. So, um, I just we had just talked about how he, um, Fodor had investigated in 1938 um, the Thornton Heath poltergeist case that involved Mrs. Forbes. Now, according to Ro- uh, Rosemary uh, Guiley, Fodor, uh, quote, Fodor asserted that the psychosis was an episodic mental disturbance of schizophrenic character in that... Mrs. Forbes' unconscious mind was responsible for the activities finally determined to be fraudulent. Fodor oh. eventually identified the ca- the cause as sexual trauma that had occurred in Mrs. Forbes' childhood and had been uh, repressed. Ah. End quote. Because of his skeptical, because he was skeptical of the case, Fodor was heavily criticized by spiritualists and was dismissed from his post at the International Institute for Cyclical Research. Uh, the so spiritual- they kicked him out for being a skeptic. Yeah, but there, that's uh, what the whole thing was. It was supposed to be. Yeah, know. but you, just because you're in part of this this 
club doesn't mean that you have to believe every fucking story that comes across your desk. Yeah, I mean, that's you the know? whole point of it was that he was supposed to be. But they were like, no, there's no way, there's no way. Uh, the spiritualist Arthur Findlay, who founded the Institute, did not approve of his research and resigned. Uh, Fodor was attacked in the spiritualist newspaper Psychic News, which he was sued for liable. Fodor lectured intensively on the subject. Uh, on such sub, uh, blah, blah, blah. Fodor lectured intensively on such subjects and wrote for uh, wrote a number of books and articles. In 1938, he was responsible for a number of high, uh, highly skeptical newspaper articles on mediumship and spiritualism, which aroused a good deal of optimism from spiritualists. Soon after, Fodor returned to the United States, where he renewed his friendship where, with uh, Herward uh, Carrington and practiced as a psychoanalyst. He took a profound interest in... Uh, Psychological as in I'm sorry. He took profound interest in the psychological aspects of mediumship, and published a number of important studies on the subject. He also advocated a more open uh, methodology in methodology. I'm sorry in in studying mediumship, as opposed to the attempts to control the environment of the séance room with ropes and other devices. Then you used by investigators because a lot of this was you know using uh ropes and other you know other things yeah you're moving shit around uh, to... well no it was just so that they could um figure out quicker whether the uh, medium was lying okay or if they were telling the truth you know with like some of the stuff they could say they said they could do ah uh, okay it was like kind of preventative type thing like, I um, mean, he he caught mediums and lies, you know, before. Like he he, he had said that the, with one, um, one went into like a, uh, like a cyclical trance, and okay. they um, they claim to be, um, like their their spirit, uh, guide was speaking through them uh, and I uh, like had claimed, you know, like that this, uh, what was it? Uh, something to do with this, this person, like something to do with the person. And the, they're like, Oh yes, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and photo was like, uh, no, that's not true. Um, then they said something about it. There was something to do with his wife, like his wife, um, it did something for a reason, and she was like, "Oh yes, yes," which he was like, oh, "That's not true." Uh, and but <laughs> one of the spirit uh, spiritualists that he or mediums that uh, he was involved with, he, they made a claim, <laughs> and one of the ladies is like stood up, was like, "You know that that was the claim was for," and uh, she was like, "No." That's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> Which, you know, he was like, I don't really like to call him out right then and there on that. Sometimes but you got to call people out on their bullshit. Yeah. You know? I mean, he did it after the fact. So now 
During his lifetime, uh, Fodor was an honorary member of the Danish Society for Cyclical, Cyclical Research and the Hungarian Metaphysical Society. Uh, he was a member of the New York Academy of Science, the American Psychological Association, and the New York State Psychological Association. Damn. He wrote a number of books that contributed contributed more than 70 articles to various uh, psychoanalytic, neurological, neurological, and uh, psychiatric journals. He would actually end up dying in uh, May 17th of 1964. That's a pretty good run. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I did forget to mention that one at one time, uh, Fodor... Um, was uh was actually an associate of another none other than Sigmund Freud. I kind of had a feeling you were going to go that way with it at uh, one point, but yeah, uh which he, they wrote uh subjects like uh prenatal development and dream interpretation, but it's credited uh mostly for his magnum opus Encyclopedia of Psychic Science like I had said earlier, uh which was first published in 1934. Now, among the subjects he closely studied was the case of Geef the Talking Mongoose. Uh, Jeff the Talking Mongoose? I very nearly, very yes. nearly covered Jeff the Talking Mongoose for yes. my episode. Yes, Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Which kind of glad I didn't. That would have been weird. Which, this case is actually in a movie. It is a movie. Coming out this year. At okay. some point, or it has ended out, starring none other than. But this is a plug for it. One of their actors you love, Simon Pegg. Yep. Uh, there's Mini Driver and Christopher Lloyd. Okay, I'm gonna see that. Okay. Now, uh, to close this out. I also, a- if you want to listen to a, a really good podcast about Jeff the Talking Mongoose, mm-hmm. go find Blurry Photos. They did such a fucking good job. It's probably like. <laughs> oh Jesus! 2015 by now that they did it, but it was so fucking good. It was so funny. I don't know if that show's even still around anymore, but they were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Now, for a little side information, or as they said on Monty Python and the Flying Circus, now for something. and now for something completely different. <laughs> uh, so the guy that I spoke. About earlier that uh, that I said, hey, just you know, keep in the back of your brain because yeah, he's got a little bit of association with Vermont, uh, Mr. Carrington. Well, uh, he was also an interesting guy because uh, he was into all the same stuff that Fodor was. Uh, Carrington became a member of the American Society for uh, Cyclical Research in 1907. And worked as an assistant to James uh, Eslop and uh, until 1908, during which time he established his reputation as an ASPR investigator. However, his connection with the ASPR ceased due to lack of funds. Uh, an important early ch- uh, case Carrington investigated and described was that of the medium. Uh, you, uh, boy, try this one. Usopia Malandino, Palandino. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say hopefully I got that first name correct. I don't think you did, but that's okay. Oh uh, uh, yeah, probably it's more Italian magic is all we're doing there. Uh, in 1908, this is when he investigated this person. Uh, Carrington and two uh, companions went to Naples to see her. Hi, fucking called it on behalf of uh, the English SPR and experience, which strengthened his belief in the reality of psychic phenomena. He described her in his 1909 book. Usopia Palladino and her phenomena invited her to his U.S. invited her to the U.S. and helped arrange a tour for her. He detected her cheating at sittings, but also claimed she had genuine spiritual, supernatural ability. He also made a detailed inquiry into the case of Esther Cox, the the great Amherst mystery in 1910. The events occur, uh, surrounding Cox uh, had occurred more than 30 years previous, but Harrington contacted surviving witnesses of, for statements and published a detailed account of the Amherst phenomena. Carrington was uh, an amateur conjurer and, and was critical uh, towards some paranormal phenomena. Carrington, in his book, The Physical Phenomena of Spiritualism, Exposed the tricks of fraudulent mediums such as those in the slate writing, tablet turning, trumpet mediumships, materializations, uh, sealed letter reading, and spirit photography. Okay. Okay. The book revealed the tricks of mediums such as Harry Slade and William Ellington. Eglinton. Whoa. Read that one wrong. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> uh, he wrote in the book that after investigations and studies into the subject of mediumship, that 98% of both the physical and mental phenomena were fraudulent. He did, however, believe that the mediumship phenomena was genuine. Uh, so Carrington exposed the the sleight of hand tricks of drumroll. The is Fox the, Sisters. No, no. This is the connection to Vermont. The Eddie Brothers, yeah, okay. used in an article in the uh, the so he exposed sleight of hand tricks by the Eddie Brothers used in uh, an article in the Popular Science magazine. I mentioned them because the two guys were actually from our lovely state. They they're from the next fucking town from here. Like, yes, I now, lived there. I do have to say that some of their accounts of another that another guy wrote of. Uh, which was a book that's the name of it is escaping me right at this point. People from the other side. Yes. Yep. Um, that they claimed that he, that they, he actually couldn't expose them because he tried a lot, uh-huh. and he couldn't expose them as being frauds. So I mean, because pretty much his whole they're both he couldn't the, expose them as being frauds because they weren't. Yeah, because both like the, the mother and the boys. I don't yep. know if the daughter was at all. I think she had some. Yeah. Some gifts, but. Yeah. Um, but apparently Carrington himself, you know, was able to expose them. But Ooh, Okay. I mean, maybe they. By his own fucking account. Like... But maybe they fucked up, you know, and they did something that, you know, whatever. But yeah, so um, 
like I said, I, I, I kind of, uh, I did have paranormal, but I took a different route and went for, um, a guy that was one of the front men or front people to the, that whole beginning of, uh, of studying hauntings and, um, uh, par- you know, all the paranormal and, right. and mediumship and all that kind of stuff. You know, he was, he was there. He, he kind of set the stage for everybody that, um, you know, is now. Yeah. You know, it, fucking Zach Baggins. I mean, everybody that's, so we can thank this guy for that turd. Great. Well, I wouldn't fucking tight him, shirts but... and bitching about seeing ghosts when he goes out to see ghosts. Well, whatever. But I mean, yeah, so that's, uh, Andor Fodor. For I'm going to have to have you message me that name cause I am not going to spell it. So I can throw it in the thing, but okay, yeah. So anyway, before we go, we got to roll a die for your ass. We also have to talk about some stuff. Crime. Kevin gets another fucking crime. Okay. Cool, cool. So uh, we have to do. Oh, fuck, my brain is still not working correctly. Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. $5 a month gets you access to our ever-expanding catalog of bullshittery that we cover on there. Uh, Including this most recent one where we talked about a police shooting not too far from here. And then we got into some politics, which was interesting. And uh, we just kind of shot the shit for a while. But they're not all like that. They usually are like on topic for the show. Um, also, if you want to hear our Patreon, but you only want to hear it by yourself, go over to studio.com and get yourself some sweet ass headphones, earbuds, or if you want to make everybody else listen, get a speaker, throw it in your cart. Dark windows 15 at checkout gets you 15% off your entire purchase. I think that's all we got. Social media stuff. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can find us there. We're not hard to find. No. And, uh, Yeah. With yeah. that being said, I guess that's uh, yeah, that's a wrap. Yeah, just so. because you can't see out in the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. Good. Awesome. <laughs>